Luxury is meant to be livable. Discover the new leather collection at Ashley with premium quality leather sofas, recliners, and more all built to last. No matter how many spills, scuffs, or pet-related mishaps come its way, the leather collection at Ashley is made with the durability you need for the whole family. Shop the new leather collection at Ashley and find chairs starting at $499.99 and sofas at $599.99. Ashley, for the love of home. This episode is sponsored by Hum Nutrition, a leading vitamin brand on the forefront of wellness. Hum is best known for Flatter Me, a digestive enzyme that debloats fast and went viral on TikTok. Rooted in science and backed by clinical research, HUM offers clean and targeted formulas that help you reach your wellness goals. From gut and skin health to vaginal and hormonal balance, HUM has specific solutions that work for you. HUM Nutrition's bestseller, Flatter Me, is the ultimate de-bloating hack. It's so easy for you. All you have to do is take one small capsule before a meal, and it helps you enjoy all of your favorite foods without the bloating aftermath. Flatter Me is clinically tested to de-bloat fast and works after only one use. Head to humnutrition.com, that is H-U-M nutrition.com, and get 40% off your first order with code GARAGE. Reach your wellness goals and head to humnutrition.com, that is H-U-M nutrition.com today as this offer expires soon. Terms and conditions apply. Welcome to True Crime Garage. Wherever you are, whatever you are doing, thanks for listening. I'm your host, Nick, and with me, as always, is a man who broke out of a two-star town just to ask all of you for a five-star review. Here is the captain. Yeah, why don't you do something nice for somebody and give me a five-star review? It's good to be seen and good to see you. Thanks for listening. Thanks for telling a friend. Today, once again, we are featuring Fire Station Number 4 by the good folks down at the House of Motor Brewing Company. Fire Station Number 4 is an American lager crafted for the 100th anniversary of Fire Station Number 4, which is now a beautiful restaurant featuring a rooftop dining terrace on South Miami Avenue. The venue recently paid homage with this delicious beer to the courageous firefighters who have dedicated a century of service to that community and with that we say cheers to all of the firefighters everywhere garage great how about a big rooftop four out of five bottle caps and let's give some thanks and praise to our friends first up a shout out to jasmine Salberg in minocqua wisconsin and last but certainly not least here's a shout out to shannon in Maltonboro, new hampshire everybody we mentioned they went to our website truecrimegarage.com they helped us out with this week's beer fund by clicking on the pint class and for that we thank you yeah b-w-e-r-u-n beer run 
wherever you listen apple Podcasts, spotify youtube make sure you subscribe to the show and that is enough of the business all right everybody gather around grab a chair grab a beer let's talk some true crime Friday, August 18th, 2006. This is where we left off on our Brandy Hall timeline. Brandy Hall has not been seen since roughly this day or the end of the day prior. Keep in mind, we have a situation where we have an officer who calls in that she sees a vehicle that matches Brandy Hall's vehicle description with a person sitting in the driver's seat that matches Brandy Hall's description. So I think that it's easy for a lot of us to agree that at roughly just before midnight on August 17th, 2006, Brandy Hall is sitting in her truck behind the Home Depot with someone in the passenger seat. Yeah. What's going to happen the following day is that her husband, Jeffrey Hall, is going to be sentenced to 18 months in prison and 42 months of probation on those drug charges. Now, curious to everyone, Brandy never shows up for the sentencing. She said that she was going to be there. And I understand that she's having an affair and that she's running around on her husband. But it also sounds like she did care for this man. Yes, this is the father of her children. She did have concerns for him, and she also wanted him for many reasons, mainly the children, to not have to be in prison any longer than necessary. Yeah, and and I hate to state the obvious, but that's why they call me the captain, Captain Obvious. It's not just about her not showing up to the courthouse. It's that she has kids that she will be responsible, solely responsible, because... Her husband is going to be sentenced and hauled off to jail. Yep. And she's nowhere to be found. Well, and this is going to really get more and more concerning to Jeff Hall and others as time drags on. So remember the previous evening, he finds out late at night, he gets a call from his attorney. Hey, your sentencing hearing is going to be earlier in the day tomorrow than we had once we're told. He tries several times to get a hold of his wife that night to make her aware that this sentencing hearing is going to be earlier in the day. Unsuccessful. Can never get a hold of her. She never picks up the phone, never responds. He becomes increasingly concerned and worried when he wakes up the next morning. Again, she's not home. He's trying to get a hold of her. We got these two kids here. I got to go to court. You don't want to take your kids to court. And from my understanding, Captain, the kids would have had, uh, I apologize. I think that I said earlier that the kids would have had school the next day. I actually believe this would have taken place before the school year started. And I have in my notes here that Jeff Hall says that he left early for the sentencing hearing so that he could drop his kids off with a, either a family member or a friend. So he drops off the kids. They're young. 
The oldest one is 10 at this time. He goes off to the sentencing hearing. He can't get a hold of his wife. He also leaves a note at home explaining that the hearing is going to be earlier than they once thought in case she were to come home. Now, we're going to go from a 7 or an 8 on the scary scale to about a 10 really quickly. This happens around noon, Captain. A gentleman named Donald Watson. So he's the head of grounds maintenance for all of the Brevard Community College properties. Now Eastern Florida State College. He is fishing over on college property. His fishing line snags what turns out to be some bunker gear of a firefighter. So this would be a large pond that he's fishing in. He snags this gear, he he grabs it, and he decides to take it over to the Palm Bay Fire Department, which has a station right there on San Filippo. So it's just like 200, 300 yards north of where he is. He walks into the fire station and says, hey, look what I found. Yeah. What this is going to lead to is Brandy Hall's firefighting gear, it's, it's her gear, and her truck are found in the Palm Bay Pond. This is April 18th. She's last seen leaving the firehouse late just before, you know, 11 p.m. on April 17th. A police officer believes that she saw her with another person in her truck around midnight. This is 12 hours later. Mm-hmm. A lot, if, if she was met with foul play or disappeared and decided to put her truck in that pond or somebody else put it in there, a lot has happened in this short 12-hour period. Now, what is found here, Captain, a significant amount of blood is found in Brandy's truck. And many believe that this is enough to indicate that Brandy did meet with foul play. So when the truck is finally pulled from the pond, the crime scene folks find blood on the driver's side map pocket and just under the steering wheel. What makes the blood find even more interesting is that the windows of the truck had been left open and the cab filled with water. This, so this is a weird situation, right? He snags this gear and from my understanding believes that, that he can see that it's a shallow pond. I believe at its, at its deepest depths is just 20 feet deep. And I think he can see what he believes to be some type of vehicle in the water. In fact, what they did was they, they did a flyover with a helicopter and could clearly see that there was a vehicle in the water. And they, so they decided to pull it out of there. Now I got a couple conflicting reports here. So I want to make sure that I go through the details of both. Now the conflicting reports are one report states that all of the windows in the truck were down when it was pulled from the water. The other report is that the passenger side rear window was down. I don't know if that's just not a thorough report and that all of the windows were down and it's only referencing that one window for some reason. Right. So both could be true, but what we do know 100% certainty based off of those two reports is that at least one of the windows in the vehicle were down. I think that's significant for a couple of reasons. 
no expert, but I'm guessing here, Captain, that if you leave a window down or multiple windows down in a vehicle, that baby's going to sink a little faster. Yes. You're going to fill, fill up with water a little faster. Also gives you a way out. Gives you a way out if you need to get out. The other thing, too, is if you've done something terrible to somebody in that vehicle that's left a whole lot of blood, a bloody mess inside that truck, that water's going to help wash away some of that. Right. Now, what we are told here is that the remaining blood evidence, so it's believed that for their, it's actually, we say significant blood, amount of blood found in the truck. That doesn't sound to, to me to be the actual case. It sounds to me like a small amount of blood, probably the size of, uh, let's say a football is found underneath the steering wheel and a small amount of blood is found either in or near the map pocket, which would also be right in about that same location of the vehicle. It's on the, it's on the driver's side. Mm-hmm. So all of your blood is kind of in one area. Now, while it's not a large amount of blood, and I've not seen pictures, so I'm speculating here, but my guess is what you probably had happen was that there was once a significant, a very large, huge, bloody mess in that truck. And because the water washed a lot of it away, this is the only blood that remains. Well, why does this blood remain and the the rest got washed away? Right. This blood had coagulated. Coagulation. So now it's it's almost like a, a very sticky, almost tar-like substance, right? That That's adhered itself to those surfaces in the truck sticky sticky and who knows how long it would have had to soak in that water to to wash away that evidence or if it ever would but we both agree this is not a good sign and this Mm -mm. to me is evidence look people can say well maybe brandy dumped her truck in this pond herself and she left her belongings in the truck to, to be, but it doesn't make a lot of sense. You, you, so when you start looking at missing person cases, you go, well, is there any reason for her to commit suicide? Yes. There's, there's some bad shit going on in her life, but she has a lot of positives as well. We don't have anybody saying that she's depressed. We have no body found. So you can kind of rule that out pretty quickly, but then you go, well, Did she want to run away? And when they talked to the last person that they, that Brandy talked to the, the married man she was having an affair with, he claims, well, she was going to run away. But I think, how did she get there? Where did she go? Why would she leave these belongings behind? Why, why would you ditch this vehicle that supposedly she had a fondness for. Why would you destroy the vehicle? Yeah, she loved that vehicle. And so we need to go through what was in the vehicle and what was not in the vehicle, because that's going to be of significance here to our case. But before we get to that, let's go through this blood evidence a little bit more. We will later learn through testing. It will be confirmed that is Brandy Hall's blood in that truck. So it does, it indicates that, that there is foul play. Something foul play in nature happened to this woman in this vehicle. 
Now, what the experts will tell us is that for that blood to coagulate like it did to stay in that truck, it had to have been allowed to dry for a period of time. Meaning, whatever happened to create that bloody mess didn't happen and then seconds, minutes later, somebody's figuring out how to put that truck in the water. Right. It's believed that it would have had to sit out there and dry for a period of time before it entered the water, submerged into this pond. The experts have said that for the blood to reach that state, they believe that it would have been between about five to eight hours. Now, keep in mind, she's last seen by this police officer around midnight. Vehicles found around, the gear is found around noon. And then later they pull the truck out. So what we can say is we now have eyes on this pond starting when dude is out there fishing. So once he starts fishing, nobody put that vehicle in there in that pond after that time starts. Right. So we have, if it had to have dried for five to eight hours, that leaves us with a very small window of time when this vehicle would have entered the pond. Now, again, I'm no expert and I shouldn't, I, I shouldn't combat what these individuals are saying, but my experience with blood coagulating and drying like that, again, I'm not seeing pictures of the interior of this truck after it was pulled from the pond. My experience is that it, I've seen blood dried like that on a surface within about three hours. So I question the five to eight hours a little bit. I, I And don't you think that the environment it's in being in Florida, hotter weather? Thank you. Yes, right? sir. Doesn't that play a factor? Thank you. I mean, some people will call us dumbasses or dumasses. But I think, I think that plays a factor here. It's well, like we said, it's going to be in the mid to high seventies yeah. when she goes missing. And so I do think that that matters, right? I mean, that's, that's just the way the world works. The hotter it is, the warmer it is. Things seem to dry faster. So I, I think that I would like to expand that five to eight hours to I don't know. What would you say, Captain? Closer to three to eight hours? Right. And that means that this stuff could have went down in the, the small hours of August 18, 2006. It could have been three o'clock in the morning when that truck went in the water. Right. So the items that are that would have been expected to be found in the vehicle, one, we don't have any person that's found in the vehicle obviously, but we don't have her radio her fire radio, a medical bag. And Brandy was known to carry a personal firearm. Now it sounds to me like she didn't always carry it on her person, but it was often found in her truck. So a firearm would have been either in her truck. Other reports state that she carried a pack which would have carried the firearm, like like a maybe like a backpack. Right. So gun never found, medical bag not found in the truck, fire radio not found in the truck. Now, the police dive team, they're going to be searching this pond. So this this technically the search of this pond starts taking place on on 
Friday, August 18th. But this search will continue in various methods for the next following days. So for about six days, technically, this is really six day process. So on the 18th, they, they find the gear, the fisherman does pull it out, pull the truck from the pond on the 19th. We have dive teams there. They're looking for Brandy. And in fact, I believe that they, that they were thinking they would probably find her in the water. They don't find her in this pond. And so then they decide, you know what, she's got to be there or her other items, her other belongings are probably there. We want to make sure we didn't lose or miss any evidence here because you only have two situations at this point, right? You find this truck with her blood in it, in that pond, you're thinking she did this to herself or somebody did this to her. And we probably should, under both of those scenarios, we think it's likely that we will find her near this vehicle. So they do their due diligence, Captain, and they drain the pond. Now, this is a little bit confusing. This takes about three days or so for them to do. It shouldn't be that confusing. They're going to take the water out of the pond. Well, right, but that's actually not exactly what happens. It's a joke. This is an L-shaped pond, roughly. Yeah. What they decided to do is they brought in personnel that, that created a dam. They basically dammed off half of the pond from the other half. They were concerned about the half where they found the truck and they drained the water from that side into the other side. So when we say we drained the pond, they didn't really drain the pond. They drained half of the pond. Right. So that's why I wanted to be clear. And that's why I said it was a, a little tricky here. Now, what happens that same day? Well, Randall Richmond, dirty Randall Richmond, He's questioned by police a couple of times. And just to be clear, this is the guy that's married, that's having an affair with Brandy. Yes. From my understanding, and this is a little dicey too, and I can't sort out if it's the reporting on the situation or the timeline, just as we said, it's it's got some gaps in it. But it sounds like to me that a bunch of other things are happening all at the same time. So we know Jeff Hall is off at court. He gets sentenced and he's going to go away. Jeff Hall says that Randall Richmond called him that morning. And he's according to Jeff Hall, Randall Richmond is crying. Now, most of this conversation, we only have Jeff Hall's side of the story. Jeff Hall says that Randall called and told him, you know, uh, he's crying and says, look, buddy, I'm not going to be able to be at your sentencing hearing. I've had a change of heart. I ha- I've worked my way up to this position at the fire uh, with the fire department. I'm a public servant. I, I'm building towards my retirement. I think it would be a bad move for my career to go and stand up for you in court. So I'm, I'm backing out on having promised you that I would go and vouch for you and, and say what a stand-up guy you are at your sentencing hearing. It's also kind of weird. The guy that is sleeping with your wife and has been for about 10 years is going to be a character witness. It's, well, I, I it's also very strange. I also think that you can, um, well, keep in mind, I'm, it wouldn't be out of the realm of possibility. I'm guessing maybe even Randall worked for Jeff at one time, but yeah, but still, it's... Oh, no, on, it's very weird. It? Yeah, it's very weird. But again, that's it's why... It's wonky donkey, man. That's why I don't think that 
I, that's why I don't think that the spouses 100% knew exactly what was going on. Or maybe they knew and they just didn't care. They, well, it's also been stated several times over that the Hall's marriage had, while they still cared for one another and they obviously they're being good parents to their children for the most part. I mean, we can say good parents, except for your, you set up a drug operation at some point, but <laughs> well, Hey, he was just trying to provide <laughs> right. a little extra for his family. But it's been said that the Hall's marriage had been falling apart for a long period of time. I mean, look, they could have had an arrangement. Hey, we're going to stay married and we're going to live together for the kids. And I understand because they're, they're both, firefighters and i i don't want to pretend to know what that lifestyle would be but that would be a very difficult situation to be you know to go multiple days sometimes without seeing your partner i know but i'm envious of all the cool tools and gear that they get to work with yeah very envious well you know we could we could always buy a fire truck i'll post my uh nick wants to be a firefighter picture on twitter here soon yeah Um, real quick just you know go to true crime garage and donate to the beer fund and in the comments just put fire truck for earmarked for a fire truck (laughs) right here's the thing though we don't know exactly what this conversation was between randall and jeff keep in mind this is before the the sentencing hearing but i think we can confirm some of it because we do have both persons who would later talk about this conversation so Jeff's the only one that says Randall was crying on the phone. But what we can agree on is Randall later says, Jeff didn't seem too concerned that I wasn't going to show up to the sentencing hearing. So it seems like both are agreeing that that is portion of the nature of his call. Right. And, and let's go back to some of the facts. So we know the call happened. So we know that much. So what, yeah. So what happens here is, Randall says, look, Jeff wasn't too concerned because he pled guilty. He knew he knows he's going to prison. It's only in question the length of the sentence. But it it sounds like a lot of this stuff was worked out between the state and his attorneys in advance. So a lot of this sentencing hearing is not a big mystery. And some people have speculated that Jeff Hall killed his wife because she was supposed to go testify. Maybe, maybe she changed her mind like, like Rich, like uh, Randall did. Right. And said, you know, I'm not going to go vouch for you. I'm not going to go say you're a stand-up guy. I decided I don't like you. And some people say, well, maybe he got mad and killed her because he needed her to, to, to go and say what a good guy he was. But again, you got to look at the whole situation and the whole situation is that very little was going to come out of how many people went to court to say that this guy's a good guy. Right. A lot of this was already prearranged. And so Jeff basically says, look, man, I I don't care too much. Uh, I understand one of the two, someone on this phone call though, asked the other, have you seen Brandy? My guess is that it's Jeff asking Randall. Yes. Randall says, according to Jeff, I've, no, I've not talked to her yet today. Now, another weird thing, too, is I don't know what's missing from this timeline is what time was she, who and when did somebody notify police that they believe that Brandy Hall is missing? Yeah, that's a big question mark. It, because nowhere in any timeline that I've reviewed is that, do we have that that event taking place? Well, what we do know and what 
look, my speculation is we know for a fact that she's missing once she doesn't show up for court. We know well, we know that much. At least law enforcement knows that much. But also, what's what's strange too in this whole thing is once law enforcement knows that she's missing, she they start questioning the husband, and he's going, "I can't talk to you," and he's not being cooperative, which is very strange. Well, so a couple things happen here, and that's what I'm, that's what's really bizarre. Like we, you know, we've covered a lot of missing persons cases. We've covered a lot of timelines here in the garage. This one, there's so much stuff happening all at about the same time in a very short period of time that it gets difficult to keep track of this. So I'll, I'll try to be as succinct as I can, right? That morning, Jeff Hall and Randall have that phone call that we just discussed. Now it's also reported that in the nine o'clock hour, close to 9 AM that patrol officers knock on the door of Randall Richmond and they talk to him asking him uh, if he has talked to Brandy Hall or knows where she is and his response is, I didn't know that she was missing. At 10 o'clock a.m., Randall calls Jeff Hall. Now, he's at court by this time. He answers his phone in court. And they have a very short conversation where Randall is asking Jeff if he can go to the Hall's property. Because remember that skid steer that we talked about yesterday that Brandy owns? I'm a little unclear about this. I think maybe Randall had co-signed or helped her to purchase that skid steer. But the way that Randall describes it is that there were some warranty issues with the skid steer that were going to be addressed and that Brandy was supposed to have dropped it off so it could be serviced. But that didn't happen. Brandy's missing. The phone call to Jeff is Randall asking permission. Can I go to your property, take the machine off of the trailer so the people that are going to service it can come out and work on it? To which Jeff says, yeah, sure. Yeah, but it seems like a very dumb thing to be concerned about when the person you've been having an affair with for 10 years is missing. Well, we're going to get into that because what's going to happen that same day on the same day that Jeff is sentenced. Yes. He's questioned. Where's your wife? She's missing. He goes, yeah, I know. I was concerned before I, before I got sentenced, I was concerned, uh, when I couldn't get a hold of her last night, I was concerned when I couldn't get a hold of her this morning. And I was concerned when she didn't show up to court, he doesn't really seem to have any answers. Now here's in his defense, Yes, he, he's not cooperating, so that looks really bad. But his attorneys would later come out and say, look, we knew that he would have appeals to these charges, and we were hoping to get a lesser sentence even after the fact, even after he was sentenced. And in by Florida state law, when you are being questioned for anything, anything you say about anything can be used against you in the court of law. Meaning we can ask you about your missing wife, but we could also work in some questions about the drug operation or anything else. And that could be held against you in the court of law. Keep in mind at this time, we don't 100% know that there's anything crazy going on other than the fact that they pulled the truck from the pond. I can't say with 100% certainty that the news reports are stating on that day that blood was found in the truck. He, he may have just been, look, maybe he killed his wife. 
Maybe he's sitting there in a holding cell going, what the hell's going on? Where the hell is she? And he's just clueless. And he's got attorneys saying, right now we're advising you to not talk to the police. This show was sponsored by BetterHelp. What's the first thing that you do if you have an extra hour in your day? Do you go for a run? Do you take a nap? Read a book? Listen to an episode of your favorite podcast, True Crime Garage? A lot of us spend our lives wishing we had more time. The question is, time for what? If time was unlimited, how would you use it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important to you and make it a priority. Therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com garage today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash garage. We're proudly sponsored by BetterHelp. Check out BetterHelp.com slash garage today. Have you ever thought about why your wireless bill is so damn expensive? It's all just radio waves, and how much can a radio wave really cost? Seems like Big Wireless got together and decided, $100 a month? I think they'll buy it. What choice do they have? Now, thanks to Mint Mobile, you do have a choice. For a limited time, all phone plans from Mint Mobile are $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan. That's unlimited talk, text, and data for $15 a month. Say bye-bye to your overpriced wireless plans, jaw-dropping monthly bills, and unexpected overages. All plans come with unlimited talk and text, plus high-speed data delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. So ditch overpriced wireless with Mint Mobile's limited-time deal and get premium wireless service for just 15 bucks a month. I made the switch. I'm enjoying it. The secret is in the sauce over at Mint Mobile. 5G for free, no extra overhead, flexible plan options. Your unlocked device and current phone number are always welcome at Mint Mobile. I made the switch. I love it. You should do the same. To get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash TCG. That's mintmobile.com slash TCG. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash TCG. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. Do you want to set your child up for success? Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Maybe your kid has questions and you don't feel equipped to answer. IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed to help them really understand and master topics in a fun way. With positive feedback, backed by research, kids using IXL are scoring higher on tests. 
with studies done in almost every state in the country, the kids who had IXL are constantly doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid, no matter the age or personality. And there's one site for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. A single hour of tutoring costs more than a month of IXL. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. I know for me growing up, there were courses that I struggled with. Some courses I loved and I excelled. Other courses couldn't keep my interest and I needed to be dialed in. I have friends who are using IXL with their children and they're seeing the results that they wanted. We're talking grade school, middle school. In both cases, they are getting the results that they are wanting and their children are excelling in their courses. Make an impact on your child's learning and get IXL now. And True Crime Garage listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com slash garage. Visit IXL.com slash garage to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. All right, we are back to the windows, to the walls, onward and upward. Cheers to you, the nasty, nasty, nasty colonel. Cheers to everybody out there in listener land. We have something that happens that evening that's really interesting to me. We have Randall Richmond, who's going to be talking with police. And that night, he tells them, the first, the first thing he says to them is, I haven't talked to her in weeks. I haven't talked to Brandy Hall in, in a while. It's been quite some time. Weeks is what he says. I haven't talked to her in weeks. Yeah. Two days later, they're going to be sitting at the same table, asking the same questions to the same man, and he's going to be giving very different answers. His answers at this time is, look, she called me that night and said that she was going to meet with somebody. She's waiting on some money. She's going to get some money, and she's going to leave. And I wanted to cover for her, and so i that's why I lied to you guys two days earlier, was that i she told me that she was going to take off and leave, and I was just covering for her. In a missing person investigation, if I'm a detective, anybody that's telling me, an individual is running away. I'm going to find that to be very fishy. Oh, I was just covering up for, eh, you just become number one suspect in my eyes there, son. One thing I really want to know about is on that same day, remember Randall and Jeff, Randall calls Jeff. Jeff's already at the courthouse. They have a very quick conversation about this piece of equipment, this Bobcat, he wants to take it off the trailer so it can be serviced. Remember, his words to Jeff, though, are that Brandy was supposed to take it to the service station to be fixed or worked on. Right. His request is that they are going to come out and work on it at the hall property as long as it's somebody takes it off of the trailer. There's a couple things that are very weird here. One, the place that would service it has no record of working on 
any machine in that area that day. Okay, so that looks awfully suspicious for Randall Richmond. However, remember, he did say it was warranty issues. So if the only records they're keeping are for billing purposes, well, if it was items that were under warranty, they may not have those records years later because it wasn't anything that anybody was charged for. Nobody paid for anything because it was items under warranty. They do have record of a service call where they charged for a service call on that day, that morning. So that does go with what Randall Richmond's saying. The problem is, what are those records? Who paid for what? Did they go to that address? That stuff we don't know. That stuff is unclear. If they, Even if they have that information at all, it's either never been made public or the police don't have that information, or they don't have the details of that service call. However, private investigators have pointed out a couple things. There would be no charge for a service call if you just drive it to where it gets worked on. They're only charging because they have to go out on location. Exactly. And that company tells the private investigators, look, we always encourage people to bring the equipment to us. It saves them money and it saves us time. Randall Richmond would have had the ability to take the trailer with the equipment, with the machine on it already and just drive it. It's two miles from the hall property to where this machine, the Bobcat, the skid steer, whatever you want to call it would have been worked on. So that seems like a bit of a no brainer. Now we do have reports that the skid steer was removed from the trailer but never left the hall property that day, which is really curious to me. I want to know who gave them that information because keep in mind on that day at the time when Randall Richmond is asking to go to the hall property, take that machine off of the trailer. What's going on at that property that day? A whole lot of nothing because Brandy Hall is missing. Right. The children have been dropped off at a family friend's or a family member or friend's house to be cared for that day because dad's in court being sentenced to go to prison. So the four people that live at that house, live on that property, nobody's there that day. So who the hell is telling us and how are we getting confirmation that the skid steer never left that property that day? And that is significant to me for a million reasons that we're going to get into some of those here in a minute. Captain, are you okay if we go through some suspects and theories? I know we've been dancing around a lot of them as we went through the timeline, but to be clear to everybody, I think we should go through some of this information. Well, let's start where I would start if I was law enforcement. Let's start with the husband. Okay, so let's go to Jeff Hall. So there is a theory out there that Jeff Hall is responsible. Some believe that Jeff to have been involved in his wife's disappearance Uh, This is because of the amount of legal pressure he was under due to the drug charges. Look, there's another motive anyways. She's having an affair. Yeah, maybe maybe he wants to get his revenge on her before he's locked up. Yeah, and again, look, I don't mean to throw her under the bus or throw any shade on her name, but if she's having this affair that for 10 years and this guy that she's having an affair with, well, he's a lying piece of shit anyways, but he's saying, well, it's, it's not really physical. It's just kind of emotional. Like, that makes it any better. 
But is there a possibility that she was having or trying to get attention from somebody else? Is is this affair happening or is it on the way out? And so that would be another motive against the husband. Okay, well, I, I, I could accept the one affair, but the second affair I can't accept. Or like you said, get the revenge before he goes to prison. Or is there some information that she has with these drug charges? Maybe, you know, he's downplaying the situation himself. Because like we said, two sides of the coin, law enforcement is saying this is a complex operation and he's saying well this was just to make a little extra money on the side what does she know and that would be motive to get rid of her so she doesn't tell anybody there's a lot of stuff and then when law enforcement starts questioning you the lawyers are saying hey you can't talk to our client and you go if you really care about her Give them as much information as you can. You can have your lawyers sit in with you and say, hey, no, 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 you can't ask that question. But they could ask you something. But in his defense, once all that is said and done, he starts cooperating with law enforcement. So, yes, we, we have a situation where Jeff Hall will eventually cooperate with the police in the regard of his missing wife. So, before we get to that, let's go through these the drug situation because pe- people are probably going, well, wait, what about the charges, the drug charges against Brandy Hall? I don't know when this happened, but it's in the record. Those charges were eventually dropped against Brandy. Here's my understanding of the situation, Captain. Paul and Jeff, they have this grow operation. Police, they do their normal thing, right? When you bust up a a drug ring or a grow operation, you're looking for all the other people involved. You know, who will these guys rat on? Who will they tell us is involved? Well, Jeff and his business partner have the exact same answer. We only know one. There's only one other person involved. So police vet this pretty good and they believe Jeff and they believe his business partner that they don't know like people at the ground level. They don't know the street pushers. They don't know the people that would be moving the product. They know one person. Their intent was to grow harvest and then sell everything to this one guy. And then he would make sure that all the product gets moved and sold to the people on the streets, the consumers, right? Right. And when he's all out, he'll have to go back to the supplier, which is their grow operation. Jeff and his business partner agree that the one person that, that, that they know that's involved, that they could rat on for leniency is a person that they've known for a very long time. And they both tell police the same thing. We're not going to rat on this one guy just to save our own butts or any leniency police do their full investigation. And they believe that all of that is true. And that is in part why we have Jeff just pleading guilty. Look this, I did this. I'm admitting to it. Yeah. Which makes you wonder how bad of a dude is this guy? If they're not willing to give him up, is it a situation of if we give him up, my children are killed? No, I don't think it's like that at all. Like uh, may- maybe, I mean there is some speculation one of the one of the major theories here is 
a drug related disappearance or death. Right. I mean, but, think about that because what if this said person, he's saying, look, I, I made a deal. I'm not going to give you up. Don't hurt my family. And then this person says, you know what? I'm going to get rid of your wife to let you know how serious this is. And if you even, if I even think you're thinking of my name, I'll get rid of your children. But we should underline the fact that he, he does not give that person up. No, but that's what I'm saying. Isn't that more evidence of, uh, to me, by not giving the person up, there's a reason. Are you, is, is it because you're scared of this individual? Which could be, but they do state the reason. They, they're open with police saying it's a, it's, it's a long-time, lifelong friend, mm-hmm. and we are not going to have this person jammed up and thrown in prison because we tattled on them. Well, no, and I understand like you can believe them, but you could also not believe them because they are criminals. I agree with you, Captain. What I'm saying is the persons investigating the situation agreed with that. Right. And here's the other thing, too. We we talk about how big is this drug operation. This is how this shit goes all the time, right? Mm-hmm. When they make a huge drug bust, everything everything is elevated. Everything is heightened. We made this huge drug bust. We took $42 million worth of drugs off the streets today. Let's applaud and let's throw a freaking parade for the persons that busted this thing up. Right. And then guess what happens a year and a half later when they sentence the person that did this such horrible thing that was going to put all these drugs on the streets that was going to kill every baby that you've ever met. They give them a slap on the wrist because at the end of the day, it's a lot of this is victimless crimes and the, the money is inflated. The, the money that they could make is inflated because it looks good in headlines. It looks good on the news and they always do this stuff. Jeff, he's running this giant, huge drug operation that, that they, that they want to celebrate this huge bust. What did he end up getting? 18 months in prison. Right. It's not that big of a and deal. He's not going to serve all 18. Probably. No. And then on top of this eight, in the state of Ohio, if you, if you, you're going to serve 80% at best of your sentence. Well, no. And I know I'm the one putting out, Hey, there's a cartel and they're going to kill your whole family. But let's see if you agree with what I'm putting down, right? Let's see if you can pick up what I'm putting down. Don't you think the type of drug that they're trying to sell, don't don't you think that plays some part where you go, okay, well, we had these 13 acres. We're going to grow some marijuana. We're going to sell it to this guy. We're not going to give you his name because he's a lifelong friend. We, We decided to do this. We don't want to ruin his life as well. And you go, well, it, it was weed. It was mar- marijuana, right? When I think of, well, don't give up my name or I'm going to kill your whole family, I start thinking of higher-end drugs, cocaine, heroin, methamphetamines, right? Seems like this. Well, the, the punishment would be more severe for other drugs types right. of drugs. I mean, marijuana charges are, are pretty low on the totem pole there. And in fact, you can fast forward to less than 20 years later and it's legal and for recreational use in many, many States right? these days. And so, so I'm just saying like my theory on, on why they want to give them up. Like, I think it's 
not as likely because it's a lesser drug. Well, and we also have a couple of other factors that we need to to sort through here. First off, you know, of course he denies any involvement, and we do know that law enforcement has stated that Jeff Hall has passed lie detector test administered in relation to this case. And there's also been a few sources that state that he's been cleared as being involved in, in the disappearance of his wife. And then there, there's also sources that state that the drug angle, a drug related death for, you know, Brandy's life being in danger has also been cleared by police that they've worked that angle and they don't find any evidence to suggest that. Now I'm not stating that every source states that, and I've never, I've never seen anything in print from law enforcement that states that I've just reviewed a couple of sources that state that they examined that angle. They've cleared Jeff and they've cleared the possibility of a drug related death. whale of a case stick around for part three until then be good be kind and don't BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America.